This is a continuation of Compulsory Electric Service, Part 3. This episode is part of the series, Living Off the Grid in the City podcast, by Hector Vladimir. By 2011, I was in a new home with a lot less bills and a better job. The next few years were the golden years for my renewable energy and living off the grid journey. I was determined to prepare to live off the grid and finally achieve this goal within months, not years. I began my electricity training via online and correspondent courses, and I was working and studying in an online university. I purchased and installed several inverters, charge controllers, and disconnects. I even rented a local warehouse and tried to start a solar business, but it did not get the attention needed for me to invest more in it and grow it, so I abandoned it. At home, I installed a wind turbine on a 20-foot pole. I installed, used, and tested several complete solar energy systems, both on and off-grid. I replaced two of the three major electrical power hogs in my house, the electric stove, the electric clothes dryer, and I installed liquid propane gas LPG appliances instead, and had plans to soon replace my water heater with a tankless LPG model. But as I was performing all these installations and running all these tests and becoming more energy efficient, I noticed something curious. I actually noticed my electric bills rising. I was dumbfounded. I called the electric company and explained my inexplicable predicament. My bills went from just under $100 on average per month to almost $170 per month. Some months' bills soared to over $200. In frustration, I called the electric company several times, but all I got from them was the same. It is as if they play a recorded message when customers call in to complain about their high bills. They blame you for your power usage and offer you to read your electric meter again blah blah blah. In 2014 I moved to Alabama and lived there for about one year in an apartment. I continued my energy saving efforts there in a limited but aggressive manner. I used the air conditioner as little as possible as well as the electric range. To replace my use of the electric range I used a camping LPG stove for cooking every day. There I did not bother to call the electric company. I just saved energy and hoped that it made a difference. If it didn't, I was content with not using their energy and improving my efficiency methods. I even installed a solar panel in my pickup truck in an attempt to charge and use batteries for my home electronics. Things were kind of ugly in Alabama, so I got me and my family the hell out of there in short order. I moved back to Georgia in 2015 and ramped up my solar energy endeavors, designing and building more energy systems and expanding my knowledge. I dabbed into installation services for solar as a business and installed several small systems. In 2016, I decided to try a solar business, again by renting a local retail space. Solar was popular and more affordable, and the space was in a busy street, so I hoped it would attract much more attention than my last attempt at business in 2011. I left my job, which was quite exploitative and I was, for the first time, completely dedicated to my solar business. I spent most of my day's hours working on it and preparing for opening day. I installed a solar system at the store and did not connect any utilities to it. There, I was officially 100% off the grid. I brought in water for drinking and restroom use as I needed it. 
I wired the space so my lights and office equipment was powered by the solar system. I truly made an honest effort to make it happen. Ideas began to usher in about the business potential. Sales, service, consulting, leasing, RVs, off-grid, farms, pumps, etc. I sold solar technologies in the hopes to attract customers interested in the installation services, which I believed to be the most profitable part of the business. But I soon realized that sales alone were scarce and that installations for homes really required a state contractor's license, which I did not have. I thought about installations on RVs and boats, and although I tried to promote those, money began to run dry, so with financial pressures mounting, I began to work in other fields while running the business. But in reality, the business was closed while I went to work elsewhere and it probably lost many chances at growing a clientele. It was not making headway, I thought. By the time I stopped working and dedicated my entire day to the business again, I was already thinking on how to generate income in that location by other means like renting part of the space or selling computers or drones. But that did not work either. Things were looking dire financially and despair set in. So I asked for a reduction in rent, which I got, and decided to ride the entire year's rent period. But I was already decided to close the business come time to renew my lease and move the business back home. I bought a new car at that time and was now in debt and with low hopes of doing well in the solar business. So I went back to regular employment. In the next few years, I participated in a series of jobs and training that supercharged my electrical knowledge and skills. I enrolled and completed training in electricity, electronics, and design. I worked as an electrical worker, electrical designer, solar installer, and an industrial electrician. And throughout these times, I decided to learn as much about electricity and electrical installations as possible, in part so it can help in my efforts to get off the electrical grid. So by 2018, I was unrecognizably more knowledgeable about all things electrical. After all the bitter experiences with the power companies from the 1980s through today, and with the knowledge I have about electric companies and how they are set up, I am totally convinced that it is hopeless to try to save money while connected to the grid. I wholeheartedly believe and can definitely convince you that to pay less and save energy, it is necessary to stop your utility service, disconnect, and provide your own energy. This way you don't just throw precious funds away to pay for something you're not using or even get penalized for using less. You see here in Georgia and in many of what I call the backward states across the nation, saving energy and using alternative energy is often discouraged and sometimes penalized. For example, if you have solar panels installed in your home, you often pay higher energy rates if you keep your utility power. In addition to getting a lower rate, for any excess energy credits you may earn using your solar energy. And if you have an electric vehicle or EV, you have to pay a yearly penalty tax of over $200 in the state. And you have to pay a yearly penalty tax of over $100 on average in the US. And as of this writing, the state of Georgia leads the nation in penalizing EV owners with a yearly penalty tax of over $200. 
Furthermore, electric companies often pay firms and lobby groups to publish advertisements, news reports, and paper or magazine articles discouraging the use of solar energy. I've seen and read many of these subtle and disguised reports. I encourage you to fight back and let your voice be heard about the practices of the electric company and the policies of your government that hurt efficiency and alternative energies. There is a lot you can do from home, like search your local power company and their customers review online pages in google.com and yelp.com, for example. Then rate them on your honest experience with them. This, unfortunately, is among the few things you can do to try to warn others of the abuses you may have experienced. You may also file a complaint with your state's utility or public service commission, generally found in your state's official website. You can also file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau or Triple B, and you may become involved in your local utility commission hearings and meetings, so look for their website in your area. You can also become aware of coming legislation dealing with energy and ensure to vote on those when given the chance. Lastly, ensure that you read and understand the bills early, such as when being introduced, as sometimes they can have misleading language. In summary, the electric company is clearly infamous in talking down to their customers and practically coercing money out of them, especially customers of low income and with financial problems. I believe it is a law that when you have too much power, it is too easy to abuse it. For this, most relationships between the electric companies and their customers are of subservience and iron fists. I believe that relationship is not going to foreseeably change, so the best immediate alternative is to prepare to leave it. By Hector Vladimir, January 12, 2024. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please look for the next episode soon and please ensure to share this with your friends and family. And please like this content and subscribe as a sign of support and for me to continue to provide this type of content to more people like you. Lastly, if you wish to support this content further, please visit the links provided in this application. Thank you.